We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. everybody welcome to the week 17 edition of the pro football focus fantasy show here on roto grinders uh, i am Britt divine joined by ian harditz uh, we had a little bit of a mix-up in schedules last week so unfortunately ian and i could not come together to bring you last week's show but uh, we have promised to make every sports pit, sports betting pick every dfs pick the absolute nuts this week in response to that ian so uh, no pressure this week dude it's been two straight weeks just purely looking at week 17 we skipped week 16 <laughs> just to focus on week 17 but yes you know hopefully uh, everyone out there is you know in their season-long championship because we got week 17 now and then Britt, we got our true christmas week 18 dfs coming up but we'll focus on the now for now where are all those commercials? Everything in DFS now is sportsbook commercials, but did you lose your season-long fantasy league? Come yes. try out DFS on DraftKings.com, no. right? Where are those this year? It's like, a, <laughs> like, well, you know, you know, after the new year, like all the new people start going to the gym and it's just flooded with all these fish. That's how it is in week 18 in the DraftKings lobby as well. So yeah, hopefully we can find some of those. Uh, but anyway, let's jump into this. We have uh, 14 games this week, so it's a little bit more spread out than our typical 11, 10, uh, I think we even had nine game week uh, in one of these COVID weeks yeah. not too long ago. 
Uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Let's jump right into your article again. Uh, if you guys are new to this or if you've been watching slash listening all year and you want more in depth, uh, look at what Ian is about to talk about. It is his mismatch manifesto over on Pro Football Focus. Uh, you can view it for the low price of free 99. Uh, so it doesn't cost you anything over there. Uh, maybe we pick up a couple new viewers uh, or listeners, Ian, let the people know uh, what it is we're about to talk about. Yeah. So just, you know, when we talk about mismatches with anything, it's always the offense ranks, you know, X in this, the defense ranks Y in this. So it's always kind of this two way street. I try to combine those metrics, put them in some conditionally formatted charts, real easy to just pinpoint at a more macro level, biggest mismatches of the week and explosive plays pace pressure yards before contact per rush net drop net passing yards per drop back and some epa stuff so with that in mind we'll go through each of these categories quick to get a good you know again larger kind of wider view of the week before we get into the nitty-gritty specific picks and bets so looking at the explosive plays this week stafford brady mac jones kyler murray all looking really good through the air and you know Britt, I, I saw some of your picks for the dfs i do think kyler and maybe you know that cardinals offense is maybe being overlooked just a little bit we do you see the Cardinals and Cowboys highest game total of the week and dude like we have three games with a game total especially with a three so the fact that we only have two with a five might not be a bad idea to focus on those some passing offenses not set up quite so well Jaguars Falcons um, Giants Bears and the Washington football team so well, what you know, a horrible bunch of bad teams you just ran through but say when I was looking through them, I was like you know Russell Gage kind of but we're playing the Bills you know the Giants every like Kenny Galladay because there's nobody else on the squad no. maybe maybe Darnell Mooney on the Bears so usually I feel like on these bad ones there's even maybe one guy we can still get behind but I don't know man I think if you just want to fade those five offenses this week probably won't be a bad thing yeah, uh, Kyler, uh, Dallas, right, defense good, but they can get burnt, right? That is what Diggs does. He'll go for the interception, uh, but he has gotten burnt a couple times this year too. So I do uh, – I wish Hopkins was there. I think he's really been one of the key cogs in the offense uh, since he's been out with Kyler. Um, but I do think Kyler will be uh, a little bit low on, and I'll talk about him in just a little bit. Uh, let's go down in your article just a little bit more. Uh, again, if you want to get more in-depth, go check it out over on Pro Football Focus. Uh, let's take a look at – pace uh this is very important in dfs land the more snaps you get in the game generally the more fantasy points that team can accumulate and if you're seattle you just basically run like four plays a game and try to get out of there as fast as possible so what games might uh see a couple more plays made and what games should we be trying to possibly stay away from Number one, highest paced easily is Cardinals Cowboys. And, you know, I think we can all see why and understand that there's a lot of valuable options to go around there. But the real interesting one is Buccaneers at the Jets coming in at number two. So Antonio Brown, he is shaping up as a game time decision with that ankle injury. He's going to be awfully chalky either way. So, you know, we should take a longer look at guys like Rob Gronkowski, Brashad Perryman. And on the Jets side of the ball, man, you know, it's been so muddled there throughout the whole year. We usually have a three running back committee, and then we also have have you know five or six wide receivers being used every week but now Crowder's out Elijah Moore is not coming back Braxton Berrios is setting up as you know one of those slot mavens that we could see eight to ten targets go his way and then the backfield Tevin Coleman is on the COVID list potentially setting up Michael Carter to finally be you know clearing 20 touches with some um, you know just higher expectancy than we're used to so no you know I, I don't think we should be stacking the Jets by any means but just don't be afraid to you know pinpoint a few of these cheaper assets in that game because we should have plenty of plays to go around uh, some of the slower paced games though Raiders Colts Texans and 49ers I'll tell you what I'm not going back to the Rex Burkhead well this week. It was fun in week 16. We got that. 
not so much against Nick Bosa and company. Uh, real quick, because we have the, the Colts and the 49ers game, so we have Jonathan Taylor and we have Trey Lance, who will be very viable on DraftKings this week. Does the reduced pace of either of those games worry you at all about either of those players? Doesn't help. I think for Lance, though, just look, we're going to use him in cash. We're probably not going to use him as much in tournaments. I would just keep in mind uh, with Lance in this offense, I think they're implied for what? They might even be. I think I saw someone tweet they're implied for 30 points now. One of the highest implied offenses of the week, so we know the scores are going to get there. I would just say if you do want to go into tournaments with Trey Lance, like you're hoping that he gets you that 30, maybe 40 point just explosion, there's probably going to be one receiver that has a great game. And Debo Samuel, I know the price tag is ridiculous, but man, if you ever want to try to leverage a bunch of ownership on Cooper Cup just by going down a few hundred dollars to Debo. I think that can make some sense or George Kittle in the tight end range because it's uh, tougher to pay up there this week. So not a lot of plays and we know there's not going to be, you know, multiple receiver receivers enabled, but I think Lance, he's not the most polished passer in the world, but it's Debo and Kittle. Like they make a, a ton of their living on yards after the catch. Anyway, I don't think that, you know, just having Lance there makes them guys. We just completely can't touch and fancy them. Not the most polished passer in the world. I think that might be uh, saying something nice about Trey Lance and his passing, at least from what we saw uh, in his one early. He's playing the Texans, though, and he's got Kittle and Debo. <laughs> Listen, the, t- guys, the Texans, so. I bet them. I got him a plus 15 on Monday. It's down to plus That's 12. That's a lot. That's a I, lot. Still don't, I still don't hate the plus 12. It didn't make my list, but that is one you could definitely put some money on, in my opinion. Uh, all right, let's go to pressure rate. Uh, quarterbacks that might have a clean pocket. Quarterbacks that might be under pressure. Uh, maybe stay away from them or use the defenses against them. Uh, who are we looking at? Yeah, Brady, Stafford, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, and Trey Lance standing out as guys. I should have the cleanest pockets of the week. And Josh Allen, I mean, we, we've kind of had these uh, moments, I think, where we come back to him in these kind of huge spread spots. And we do got to keep reminding ourselves, this is one of the most pass-heavy offenses in all of football. So I know usually for tournaments, we don't love the upside of quarterbacks and their receivers when they're double-digit touchdown favorites. But I think the Bills are enough of an exception where, you know, they got to score a lot of points to make a blowout scenario in the first place i don't hate the idea of going to some of these weapons particularly if we get Manuel sanders out opening up gabriel davis for that number two role some offenses that'll be under a little bit more duress though uh ryan Tannehill against that blitz happy miami defense man i hope he's got the time to get to aj brown because we know there's no one else out there to be getting those targets but i do kind of look at that spread seeing the titans uh favored by three and a half and I don't know, man. Like last week they played okay. They had AJ Brown doing his thing, but Zayvon Howard, Byron Jones, those are some tough cornerbacks. If there was a team that I think could do a decent job of neutralizing AJ Brown, I think it's the Dolphins. And if you can take away AJ Brown, you're left with this terrible Titans offense that we've seen for the better part of the last six weeks. So something to keep an eye on there. Also Falcons, Jets, Colts, and um, who else? And also the Vikings not looking too good from a pressure standpoint adds up all the way around. Uh, you're talking about the Titans offense. I'm going to throw the most ridiculous prop idea I have of the week. This is over on <laughs> Prize Picks. Uh, Anthony Fersker is over uh, six and a half yards on his prop. That's one catch. He's hit it in every game except one this year. Uh, so if you're over on Prize Picks, go hammer the over six and a half on Anthony Fersker. That is the that's one of my uh, better ones of the week at the at the moment right now. So very strange, Ian, but this is what it's come to week, it. in week I mean, 17. It's just sad <laughs> one, to me. One catch. <laughs> I remember June, July when you know Fersker and Adam Troutman best ball yep. season and here we are now week 17 I'm just praying for, for one catch from for more than six and a half yards like yeah to get to get that through there uh all right let's we'll take a look at uh yards before contact 
Um, you know, if you're Najee Harris, you're not really getting too far before you're getting taken down. But if you're other running backs, you might have a chance this week to put up some big performances and running back is a very, very juicy position. There are a ton of options. We'll go through those for DFS in just a little bit. Um, but what are some of the best of the best? Cause we're going to need some tiebreakers this DraftKings. $5,400 to $6,500 range on running back is just loaded with like seven to eight guys you can use this week. And you can even say 4900 with Boston Scott, man, particularly if uh, Jordan Howard is going to be sidelined with that stinger injury. So conveniently, the top three run game match- matchups, we kind of have some backfields that are finally condensing now after being awfully frustrating. So best one of the week is the Eagles against the football team. And Boston Scott with or without Howard, man. Sanders is out of the picture. I do think Scott's someone that should be seeing 15, you know, plus combined carries and targets. So I think he is more than viable. And, you know, Britt, we we're talking a little bit before the show. I feel like with these running backs that we're going to be talking about, there are so many cash viable ones that hopefully that, you know, we just see this projected ownership as it becomes sharper and sharper going into Sunday. It actually centers around a few guys because then we can just use a lot of really qualified running backs in yeah. tournaments as well. So Devin Singletary fits that bill for me at 5400 like i'm in on him we saw zach moss come back last week and it didn't matter still a singletary show obviously great spot against the falcons here so he's one of those guys that i'm fine using in both and i think the same goes for chase edmonds if james connor is going to wind up being held out with his heel injury and I, if connor is out man like i was doing my uh ranks this morning like just for straight up in the week and i had edmonds i think as my rb3 overall like so he would be jammed into lineups of all shapes and sizes if connor is going to be sidelined uh, some of the rougher situations I mentioned uh, Burkhead and the Texans like last week they got to face the freaking Chargers defense we talked about all year barely gives a single shit about trying to really stop the run now they got the 49ers league best defense in yards before contact per carry so truly don't go back to that well also not looking good for Cordero Patterson the Falcons we've seen like Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and Damon Harris, like some of these truly hit you in the mouth run games, have some success against the Bills. That's not the Falcons. They gave CPAT eight touches last week. I can't get behind them here. And then also the Dolphins, three-headed committee from hell. Don't touch that backfield either. All right. Let's go down to uh, one of the final ones I like to talk about. That's the EPA for play. Uh, I saw one of your notes. That there's not nothing standing out this week. Ian, is, is this like the first time in history? So, yeah, the one really fun one I've had, and we've had a lot of success, like straight up betting on the money line, not even needing the spread, was trying to find teams with an offensive, relative offensive advantage, but they were underdogs. And this is the first time all season long that there's not a single match to that. So maybe, you know, the the, the trusty old uh, conditional formatting charts are finally catching up uh, like the way they should have. But yeah, man, I think the lines are uh, in a pretty good spot. We're seeing, you know, a bunch of big favorites, I think, uh, where they should be. And yeah, I, I unfortunately, Britt, don't have anything for you here this week all right well let's uh let's jump into some of our sports betting picks here so last week the i went two and one even though we had no show ian so the ones i had on there it is counting in my totals um so i am uh i'm basically dead even so far on the season so we're trying to close this out over the next couple of weeks uh at least for me personally with some good ones at least the ones on the show here um, all right. So I got two, I think are one, one, I think I mentioned earlier this year on one of these pods where, and I talked to our producer pre-show where in like the history of me playing DFS, 
Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade. It feels like I've never, ever been on the right side of injury news or anything breaking correct. And this week I am, it is finally turned for once <laughs> in my life. So I, I got the Packers six and a half on Monday, right? That looked good. Nice. I got the Texans at plus 15 on Monday. That was good. Um, one of the other ones I got on Monday, actually two of them uh, were both three and a half when I got them on Monday. I actually went back today and I bet them again at four and a half. Uh, and that's the Rams and the Eagles. I just, I don't understand these lines seem horribly off to me. The Rams, we just saw what Joe Burrow did to the Ravens. How are the Rams not going to go into this with sort of the same game plan against an absolutely butchered secondary? And I know Matt Stafford played a little horrible in his last game, but the Rams still covered um, and won last week. I think the Rams four and a half is simple. This should be like a touchdown in my opinion. Um, I, I think they win this game pretty easily as good as Huntley was in his one start. We got to see if he can continue to do that against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be a little bit tougher uh, in my opinion. So I love, I love the Rams and we both have the Eagles at minus four and a half. Uh, these teams, like, I think the giants, I don't know if I want to bet the bears against the giants, but I'll, I'll take teams. The teams that have given up are the Giants and the Washington. They yeah. seem like these are the teams that have really given up. Jacksonville, I don't know if they've given up. I just don't think they really have anybody that's good on their entire team, and they had a lot of other stuff. So the Eagles, four and a half, looks to be really good. Um, maybe I'm a little worried that they just run like 70, maybe not 70, but 50 times in this game, and the more you run, the harder it is to really smash a uh, total. But this isn't even big. This should be a touchdown, in my opinion, as well. Um, so I, I like those two. Those are my two favorites for sure. You had Philadelphia as well. Uh, I'll let you talk your other two, which I also agree with before I hit on my final one. Yeah. I mean, looking at the Steelers, like I saw them last week, I've seen them most of the year. It certainly hasn't been pretty, but I think the same thing goes for this Cleveland Browns team and particularly the offense so just looking at this you know big ben's last game at heinz field he's already coming out and like yeah no crap man like watch the freaking film this year but what has baker done to deserve to be a three and a half point road favorite against the steelers defense that he really hasn't been all that good against during his career six regular season games he's never surpassed 225 passing yards i know the steelers have been had on the ground but i feel like that's been more so in matchups against you know your vikings of the world where yeah you have justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, guys you need to really respect in the passing game as well. The Browns are just not those guys. So I don't disagree with the Browns necessarily being a favorite, but three and a half points far too big for my liking. I'll take Pittsburgh plus three and a half. Then also the Dolphins plus three and a half. Talked before about the Titans and some of that pressure. Ryan Tannehill has some Kirk Cousins in him where when you can knock him off his spot, force him to kind of move in the pocket, he really begins to go from one of the league's better quarterbacks to one of the worst. And I know he's athletic and everything, former wide receiver. We've all been over this. We've seen the, you know, finger rolls after all the touchdowns, but he really just from a passing standpoint, isn't good when, when he gets knocked off that spot. So I think Miami really is set up on defense to really take away what the Titans do best. We still haven't seen that running game, you know, come back at all without Derrick Henry. And on defense, it's like, all right, I, I think they're good. But with Waddle and the things the Dolphins are able to do, I just think at a minimum they can keep this one within three. So Pittsburgh plus three and a half and Dolphins plus three and a half. Getting some dogs, Britt. Let's go. 
Yeah, I like getting the hook on both of those. If they were plus three, I don't know if I would do it, but you move off the three. That's a big, big extra half a point there. I think the Dolphins, honestly, win that game straight up. I would, I, I could even think they're money line playable yeah. um, if you're looking to take a, an underdog this week. Um, all right, before I get to my final pick, I want to tell you guys, uh, if you're playing on FanDuel, uh, we have the DFS OGs FanDuel contest for NFL Week 17. You can compete with Beer Mac, Beer Makers Fan, uh, Head Chopper, Notorious, and others. Uh, you can sign up for that. Uh, maybe our producer is posting a link in YouTube. Hopefully, if not, uh, you can go search around on Roto Grinders or in the Discord and ask around, and somebody will be able to get you a link into that. Uh, all right, my final pick, simply because I just these are two. I don't care who's playing for Tampa Bay. Um, these are two teams on complete opposite ends of the talent, coaching, everything spectrum. Um, the Bucks are minus 13 and a half. I don't usually love these big numbers, but they have worked out for me the times I've played them in recent weeks. Mainly that was the Cowboys going against horrible teams like Washington and the Giants. Yeah. And the Jets also qualify for one of those as well, in my opinion. Uh, if you ask me, so I was, I was trying to read the tea leaves of the Antonio Brown slash Mike Evans. They're both... Uh, game time decisions. I think at least one of them, if not both of them, might end up suiting up to play, which will really bolster that offense, at least in the first half. And so they go into grind down mode with Ronald Jones and uh, who's the other running back? There? Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, Vaughn scored my Ronald Jones points last week on the big touchdown. Yeah, um, but I, I just think these this should be like, what, 17, in my opinion. It's just it's way too big of a spread. Um, could be Brady's last game against the Jets. Maybe he wants to give them just a little bit, uh, one last time of a, of a nice offensive performance and give it to them um, pretty good there. So I like the Bucks as my final uh, play of the week. All right, before we get into DFS, let me tell you about another way you can play DFS, and that's Jock Market. Uh, stop throwing your money away and check out Jock Market. Uh, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You can buy and shell, buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. If you download it now, uh, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $50 using promo code grinders. And check this out. If you happen to play on Jock Market for your first time, uh, they will give you a first market guarantee. That means you deposit 50, you get the $50 using promo code grinders. You have $100. If you happen to lose that $100 in your first time playing, they call it their first market guarantee. They will refund you that $100. So it's a risk-free shot to play on Jock Market. Go check them out. Uh, it's fun. I have personally tried this, and it is a fun little game to play. Uh, all right, let's go talk some DFS. And we'll start at quarterback. And I think in cash games, there are a couple viable higher tier options, Ian, but they left Trey Lance at 4,800. And I'm not expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to play. You've been reading the tea leaves all week long. That seems like uh, it's a, a foregone conclusion, in my opinion. So looking back, great. He's played a couple of games. In the one full game, he had a start. He didn't even score a touchdown, and he had 15 and a half DraftKings points. Uh, he came in midweek in uh, mid game in week four, I believe, and he had 20 DraftKings points in that at 4,800. How do you not start off your cash game with him? Because we have the 14 games too. So there's a ton of high price players we want to jam in there. He's certainly the guy I think we want to use on DraftKings. FanDuel, you could you don't need him, right? On FanDuel, you can play like Dak. Dak's a little bit too cheap. You could play Trey Lance if you want to, but I think I'd rather play Dak, especially since Dak showed, hey, I'm back. He was running. Zeke's running again. That offense is a powerhouse. Um, but on DraftKings, uh, it's definitely Trey Lance and cash at 4,800. 
Yeah, I saw um, artists formerly known as Roto World sent some cool tweets saying that, like, with the next gen stats, Dak hit his fastest speed since yep. uh, before the calf injury, and Zeke also uh, had his fastest one uh, in quite a few weeks. But Zeke was still pretty slow, all things <laughs> as uh, you know, we weren't all that surprised to see. But yeah, it has to be Trey Lance here again, just too much lineup fl- uh, flexibility to be fading. And yeah, the 15.5 in the start where he didn't score, like. He had this one play where he was literally about two inches away from getting in to the end zone because he's a bull, man. And we saw Shanahan willing to use him like the high upside RG3 rusher that we always dreamed he could be in this offense from the beginning of the year. So long, twisty road to get to Trey Lance in week 17 against the Texans. But here we are. Got to go with them. If for some reason it comes out and Jimmy G is playing inexplicably, I think I would go up to Jalen Hurst at 6.6K, you know, just giving me that rushing. We don't really need to stack him with anyone. I still think. Uh, 6.6 is too cheap for someone like Jalen Hurts. Yeah, if you're playing Hurts or Dak, if for sure, if uh, Jimmy G starts, those are definitely the two other guys. Um, all right, so tournaments. Now we've got with all these games, the ownership's going to be a little bit lower than we've been used to in recent weeks. But there were a couple standing out to me. One is definitely Matt Stafford, uh, sub 5% against the Ravens. Gives you a little bit of leverage too, because Sony Michelle. We, we will talk. I'll save some of the Sony Michelle talk for running back because I have. I don't know if I have a popular take, but I I think he's a little bit more of a trap play compared to some of the other ones this week. Cause I just think you just figure they just, the Bengals just showed you how to decimate the Ravens. You just throw the ball over and over again because they have nobody in the secondary. You'd think somebody, the next coach would be able to figure something like this out and let Matt Stafford air it out all game long. So I like Stafford. You obviously have cut, but Odell and Van Jefferson, you can take shots on them in tournaments as well. That looks pretty good. And the other one is just simply because of recency bias. Um, Kyler, he's being underappreciated. If there was a game where they're just like, Kyler, go out. There's no, no running restrictions. And they call like, if pretend they were in the Super Bowl, this is going to be like a game where they call plays like it's a, it's a must win game. They have nothing left to lose. This is it for the Cardinals. This is it. Um, I expect a heavy dose of Kyler um, RPOs and scrambles and all that with absolutely no restrictions on him in this game. Um, so he's looking pretty juicy at reasonably low, I think not even just sub five, but maybe even sub 3% ownership um, because there are so many games. Those are probably the two I like. Yeah, I think the Kyler call is fine. I'm definitely with you on Stafford because, I mean, Cup is so consistent at this point, just like literally second most fantasy points per game in the last 50 years behind only 1987 Jerry Rice is what Cup has been doing this year. So you can go (laughs) Stafford. I'm fine eating the Cup chalk. And then from there, we have OBJ and Van Jefferson priced affordably, but still not picking up ownership themselves. So I'm more than fine with that. And I think it's pretty with Huntley under center, man, we've seen he can still enable Mark Andrews. So I think bring him back that stack with Mark Andrews maybe if Marquise Brown Marquise Brown's out we can get Rashad Bateman feeling a little bit better about that so the fact that this Ravens passing game has looked competent enough without Lamar Jackson helps us you know continue to game stack that entire situation I also wouldn't you know completely ignore what the Chargers could potentially be doing here I know the Broncos have a good defense but I still really think that some of these great offenses which the Chargers have been for certain stretches of this year they can take down any defense when things are really clicking right so Herbert, Keenan Allen coming off a dud. I think that's an easy enough stack. And from there, guys like Mike Williams or even Josh Palmer, like I think we're going to see a three wide receiver rotation-ish on the outside between Williams, 
Guyton and Palmer. But man, Guyton and Williams are the guys coming back off the COVID list, maybe going down to Palmer, who at this point, you know, we're just kind of hoping for a long touchdown anyway. I'm not sure he'll have that many fewer chances than easier. Might actually be a blessing in disguise that those other guys are back because we'll have that cheap play at 3,700. So Herbert and Stafford, you know, I, I think they have the upside as pure passers. And again, a lot of their complimentary receivers next to the target hog alpha, Keenan and Cooper Cup, make some really great tournament options. And the Broncos have a COVID problem too, right before the show. Basically, every wide receiver, we get Kendall Hilton is back, but not as the Broncos quarterback as their main wide receiver this week because their whole entire offense seems to be decimated at this point in time. Uh, All right, uh, before we talk running backs, uh, I want to tell you guys uh, about Roto-Grinders Premium. Uh, Real quick, if you have been listening to the show all year long and you hear us talk about ownership and all that sort of fun stuff, if you want access to that, you can get that on Roto-Grinders. Um, and if you just play NFL, right, you can just get an NFL subscription. If you want our NBA stuff, which is some of the best out there, we have a combination package for all sports to give you access to everything. Uh, pick the way that you like it. Check it out. Uh, Roto-Grinders Premium, absolutely amazing. Uh, all right, let's go to running backs and... Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. You know, I, I was talking to you pre-show and you were finding ways to play Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. The the problem, I think you most people will be making a decision between one of them, although you can get two of them. So instead of both, which I know is going to be your answer, if you had to pick one this week, what what's which player is least likely to be the reason you lose right like who has the higher floor higher ceiling combination this week because you 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 have the money to get one of them you can get both but i think a lot of people are just going to be choosing one or the other i mean i think it's for sure cup we have look jonathan taylor hasn't caught a pass in three weeks that's it's they were thrown to him earlier in the year and they just really aren't he only has two targets over that entire stretch so yeah it's awesome when we're getting 30 carries more weeks than not or at least you know that's on the table for us here but in terms of a full PPR site like DraftKings, man, like I'm taking the guy that's given us some level of receiving floor. I mean, again, if this is earlier in the year where we had both things going on, maybe that'd be a different story. But Carson Wentz, you know, just who knows what he's even going to, what kind of condition he's going to be like trying to play this week. I'm not afraid of the Raiders defense at all, but when you can focus this much effort on the run game, I think they can play better and like look no further than last week when the Raiders were facing the Broncos and they had to rely on Drew Locke under center. The Raiders, bad run defense, were able to shut down Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams just completely take them out of the game so Jonathan Taylor is great but man I think Cooper Cup the floor we've seen the matchup against the Ravens that we just talked about man I just think there's far too much more going in Cup's uh, direction but you can get down and get them both Britt which maybe is the answer uh you just gotta be willing to eat that Braxton Berrios 3700 salary yeah my problem is there's just so many this five right so if let's pretend we get uh, James Conner out, right? We're going to have Chase Edmonds. We've got Devin Singletary at 5,400. Then you've got, you go into like the 6K tier of a let it loose DeAndre Swift mm-hmm. coming back, who was, you know, doing pretty good. You've got um, 
uh, Rashad Penny, who it's hard, sort of hard to argue against him against Detroit this week as the lead back. You've got Josh Jacobs, do it all running back, Ronald Jones, David Montgomery, who's literally like he has finally morphed into that picture where he has the, hand, you know, all the, the, you know, the Frankenstein running backs because now he's the greatest wide receiver in the history of the league playing at the running back position with all these targets he's seen over the last couple of weeks. This price tier is so loaded. Um, that I think I'm in your camp. If I had to choose one of Cup or Jonathan Taylor, I think it is Cooper Cup because I just have so many of these mid-tier running backs that are absolutely great. Which guy? Who? Who's above who in the in this ranking here? And I think, like, I guess we should say too, if if James Connors out, Chase Edmonds, I'm definitely playing him um, at 5700. He's going to be on my cash team. Uh, if he's not, you know, Swift. Um, we've got, uh, Damian Williams, you've got Singletary, Darryl Williams, Darryl Williams. yeah, D- Darryl Williams, Singletary, Penny, Montgomery, Jacobs, which one's the cream of the crop for you in that tier? I, I can't remember a week this year. We've had this many like cash viable running backs. And again, that's going to be really great for us in tournaments, being able to still have guys that were expecting 15 to 20 touches and reasonable matchups that are tournament worthy because of their depressed ownership. So I lean again, I'm with you. If Connor's out, Chase Evans needs to be in there. After that, I would prioritize. I think Rojo, um, number one, we've saw the 20 touches last week. I know Keyshawn broke that long one, but Rojo actually was the one that got more targets as well. Jets league worst defense and PPR points per game allowed to running backs and kind of lost in that just easy win for the Buccaneers. Um, some good stuff that Dwayne McFarlane pointed out on the PFF fantasy football podcast was that even in when they were like winning relative to past weeks when they've been winning, they went far more run heavy than we've seen, which makes sense. All your freaking wide receivers are out and even more could be out this time around. So definitely uh Rojo and then Dave Montgomery. For once, we're seeing him as a touchdown favorite at home against a Giants team that, to your point, I do think is also uh, quitting pretty much on the year. And let's say that something happens. Mike Glenn and Jake Fromm build a lead. That might be even better because we've seen Montgomery just racking up receptions in the fourth quarter, doing his best DeAndre Swift impression over the past few weeks. So I would kind of lean, again, Edmonds definitely number one. Then after him, Rojo Montgomery. But you said it, man. Singletary, Sony, Daryl, Boston Scott, obviously Jonathan Taylor, more than viable in their own right you like sony sony's gaining a lot of steam but i think um you know one he's not catching any passes and then two it's against the ravens and nfl teams do stupid things so of course they're going to try to establish the run against baltimore but you definitely beat them passing i think sony's like far more much more down the list on terms of players i want to play this week compared to what i think the public might try to do yeah, I'm could, you know, seeing some of the ownership, it looks like he is actually probably in the top two or three people are leaning towards. I can't get behind that. I get the, I get why we're into him. Cam Akers now isn't even going to play. Henderson's out. Like he's going to probably have the highest single snap rate of the week. And for that reason alone, we should feel good enough about it. But, you know, like look at, yeah, Burrow threw all over his defense last week. That didn't stop Mixon from going crazy. So I know Sonny doesn't have the same skill set as Mixon, but we do need to keep in mind that when you're in an offense that, you know, we could definitely see going for 30 points points that running back is going to be more than viable even if it's not for cash games and that kind of takes us to the tournament idea because look at all these values in this range you can pick and choose the guys in there that you want that don't have as much ownership but i think also just a way to make your lineup different is to pay up a running back go get your austin ecklers of the world alvin kamara joe mixon uh these guys because we know they can all put together 
certain huge performances, everyone's just kind of lost in that mid-tier range. So I think that's kind of your contrarian kind of lineup building strategy this week, pay up at running back, go down at wide receiver. And I think that'll, and maybe, you know, try to get a higher end quarterback. Like again, just look at where all that chalk is going and try to do the opposite. And Eckler. So uh, off the COVID protocols and we saw like Tyree kill, there's all this talk about him being gassed. Um, he was on it last week. So maybe, you know, he's had the full week. So maybe it's always tough with these guys coming off COVID. Now you don't really know what to expect on their performances. I guess I'm leaning the guys that were on it last week and got to practice this week, maybe have a little bit more juice in their legs than a guy like Tyree Hill had last week where he got activated what a day before the game and didn't really get to practice at all and things like that. So maybe, just keep... maybe Kamara's the play then, man, because look, I know it's brutal last week, but it's still Alvin Kamara, this Panthers yeah. defense is starting to have some COVID stuff too. And obviously Stefan Gilmore has been ruled out. I don't think Carolina is exactly, you know, top in the league right now in terms of teams. I think Carolina is another game that another team that's exactly. they're sort of on this. I've given up type of type of list. So. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk wide receivers. Well, actually, in fact, before I uh, talk about wide receivers, I want to thank all of you watching this live on YouTube. If you are and you like the show, please give us a like. We would appreciate it. It helps uh, us get out there and get our reach out to more people. Uh, and if you do like uh, all the information here on Roto Grinders, you can subscribe to the station. Uh, and if you do happen to be watching this live and you want it delivered into your phone or whatever, however you live to podcast, who listens to podcasts, not on their phone. Can you actually do that on a computer? I don't know if I've ever done that, uh, but you can go uh, and subscribe to the Roto Grinders daily fantasy football pod feed to get all of the shows here. And then go uh, also go subscribe to the uh, pro football focus podcast and listen to Ian all week too, because that is a great podcast. Uh, two and a half, Brent, two and a half hours. I, I Ian, you got to cut that down, dude. <laughs> Bro, I feel like we could go even longer on it. So we got, we got the timestamp in there you can pick and choose real quick before we move on to wide receivers though Rashad Penny facing oh, yeah. this Lions team at home we've seen him really emerge as the clear-cut featured back in Seattle Alex Collins you know was a healthy scratch last week AP's out of the picture who knows if the Seahawks are still in win now mode or not without Adrian Peterson but I think Penny makes a lot of sense again just when we have guys that are being favored by a touchdown at home in a winnable matchup and we can expect 20 touches like you better have a pretty good reason for not having any exposure from them I think a similar sentiment is true for Damian Harris against the Jaguars. Like if Ramondre Stevenson wasn't there, Damian Harris would be top five this week. He'd be top five and Stevenson coming back from COVID, you know, okay. He's been heavily involved this year. We've also seen him disappear. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Damian Harris with or without Stevenson fairly heavily involved is clearing that 20 touch mark. And Hey, you know, only took him 18 carries to find the end zone three times last week in a significantly tougher matchup. Uh, all right, wide receiver. Um, I don't know what DraftKings is doing. FanDuel priced up Antonio Brown. DraftKings <laughs> is like, everybody used them last week at a monster game. Let's just make them 6,100. So you got to watch the injury reports. Um, I, I think Antonio Brown's probably going to suit up. And especially if Mike Evans does not, uh, we're going to be going all in on Antonio Brown and cash again. I don't care. As long as he suits up, that's going to be an, an all in play for cash on that one. Um, if both of those, let's pretend they're both out somehow and we need uh, a couple other wide receivers. Um, my pivot is Amon Ross St. Brown. I took the week off uh, from him last week because I wanted to see how it played out, right? They didn't have Jared Goff and uh, Jamal Williams was back to maybe eat up some running back receptions. It didn't matter. Um, and now he's like the only wide receiver left standing for Detroit right now. So he's got four weeks in a row of 11 plus targets. Uh, he's just 6K. 
Uh, I think the Blitz had him as either the third or fourth highest overall fantasy point projected player uh, of the week. Um, so that is just insane, the amount of volume he's getting. Even with Swift back, uh, I, I'm not really too concerned after I saw it with Jamal Williams back about his overall target share. So I like him at 6K. Um, I guess the one guy who, if you like these mid-tier wide receivers, of course we've got Cup. I don't even know if we really need to say anything. If Cooper Cup is available to you, you try to play Cooper, yeah. Cooper Cup if possible. Um, but Brandon Cooks is like this wild card, right? Because he's one of these COVID players from last week. Now, he was out last week with it. We've seen before that he was getting 10 and 11 targets with Mills, who's arguably, what, the second best rookie quarterback this year? Could be. Could be. He's been playing pretty well, and he's been getting better uh, in recent weeks. What do you do with a guy like Cooks here who should have a reasonable amount of target share? Looks pretty juicy if you can believe in him this week. I don't believe in him, though, man. Too much going on with the COVID coming back and just end of the season for a veteran on a terrible team. It just wouldn't surprise me at all if he goes out there for only 50% of the snaps. And, you know, yeah, he's had the better target totals with Davis Mills. You can't argue. Like, here's the thing. I, I did find – I took all the rookie quarterbacks and I did, like – took their ranks and PFF passing grade yards per attempt, QB rating four or five things, averaged them out. And Davis Mills was in second, but the big story was, you know, Mac Jones in first, but he's still ranked 21st. Like just because Davis Mills is the second best rookie quarterback realize that bar is still means you're like a terrible quarterback. So, you know, <laughs> good for you, Davis Mills. I, I, I wouldn't have expected him to outperform Lawrence and Wilson and fields, but even then we're still talking about probably four of the league's bottom 10 quarterbacks regardless. So I think everything he said is, right you know ideally it'd be cup amon ross st brown and antonio brown i think but probably gonna have to go down get off of one of these guys i almost lean towards with this ankle injury like ab versus amon ross st brown man i almost wonder if with that injury in mind particularly if evans comes back and plays too if st brown just has the higher floor at, at this point because you know khalif raymond and josh reynolds also on the COVID list there is nobody else to throw the ball to i guess we do have deandre swift maybe threatening to take away some of those similar underneath targets but um definitely you know liking what we've seen from st brown but yeah man if you want to get down we need to save salary at a couple spots more than just qb so i think braxton barrios 3700 is like the last cheapest kind of viable guy you can go for yeah he saved the day with the kick return touchdown last week this is someone that we've seen get featured in, in the two weeks before that despite not even playing the full allotment of snaps jameson crowder's out elijah moore is not coming back Braxton Berrios, man, if you want Taylor and Cup, you can't be loving every single lineup piece. Braxton Berrios, you could do a little bit worse. All right, a couple of news things have come in. Uh, let's see, Jimmy Garoppolo not at practice, uh, so Trey Lance is going to get the start this week, I would imagine. Uh, Jared Cook just got added to the COVID list. Uh, is there, Are we going to dare? Do Are we looking for another cheap tight end there? It's going to be Steven Anderson and like Trey McKitty and maybe even someone else like splitting things. Even without Donald Parham, they still rotated three tight ends. The, right. the answer is no, and maybe like a small boost to the wide receivers. All right, so that's basically the news. Um, tournaments, wide receivers. Um, my guy's definitely Amon Ross St. Brown if his ownership doesn't start creeping up towards the end of the week at that 6K um, especially if Antonio Brown plays, he's basically direct leverage off of that, at least in terms of ownership. Uh, a couple guys with personal matchups. Um, you can get a lot of guys sub 10% at the wide receiver position this week because we have so many games, but uh, Jalen Waddell and CeeDee Lamb to me, uh, always tough taking a Dallas receiver because their offense is so explosive, um, but Lamb, personal matchup, very good, and Jalen Waddell, personal matchup, very well. And I like Miami to beat Tennessee 
Uh, sorry, our producer, Steven, uh, about that there in Tennessee. Uh, me and Ian going uh, with the Dolphins there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I, I do like Jalen Waddle as well, 6.7K. Because, I mean, uh, it actually could be a point where we see him get some more explosive plays than usual. Nobody has allowed more pass completions of 15-plus yards to slot receivers than the Titans this year. And, you know, when we think about upside, I think sometimes we almost have it backwards. Like, yeah, it's great when someone can take, you know, have those four catches for 150 yards and two scores. But obviously, we would prefer 10 catches for 150 yards and two scores. Like, just because you're this, like, target hog slot receiver doesn't mean you can't put together these massive performances. So um, I really think focusing on just like the highest target ceiling possible is going to help get us on guys like Waddle and tournaments. We talked earlier, you know, Stafford and Herbert and kind of the receivers that they have going as well. Only other two guys I would add Christian Kirk uh, in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. We've seen him and Zach Ertz emerge as Kyler's clear cut top two pass game options. Yeah. And as you said, man, Trayvon Diggs, very, you know, I, I do think sacrificing some of those big plays you give up for interceptions are worth it um, over the course of the year, but he also doesn't really shadow into the slot lot anyway and christian kirk i think is good enough to win even if he does have some high leverage matchups against Diggs. so just high scoring game of the week why not have one of the most featured players in the cardinals offense and finally keep an eye on emmanuel sanders with that knee issue we all saw what isaiah mckenzie could do coming in for cole beasley last week we saw what gabriel davis did coming in for emmanuel sanders two weeks ago now Sanders is once again questionable. So that's like how it stacks up. McKenzie is Beasley's backup. Davis is really Sanders and Diggs on the outside. And if we're going to lose Sanders, Davis at 5K becomes someone that we can feel awfully good about. And a great matchup. A.J. Terrell is PFFs, I think, maybe still number one highest graded cornerback on the year, but he sticks to his side in the left um, of the field, doesn't move, and their other two cornerbacks get shredded on a weekly basis. Yeah, and Davis, when he's out there, he he is the red zone. Yep. He's, a, he's a big target, a big wigs fan. Um, he, he's the red zone target, so he's always in play uh, for upside in tournaments. Uh, all right, let's go to tight end. And even with, like, all the teams playing this week, I was thinking maybe I could find a way to get Mark Andrews into my cash team. But I just – it sucks because he's going to get his, like, 25 fantasy points, Ian. But I don't know if I – I can't pay 7,400 because I want, like, Cooper Cup and a couple of these other guys – you know, I joke Mark Andrews will get 25, but I know Cooper Cup's going to get 25. So that's just where I tend to allot my salary. And I'm going, you know, we've got Gronkowski, right? Specifically if AB and Evans don't play, I think is reasonable. Um, I was looking more into like the, the Ertz Goddard tier. I think Ertz, at least on DraftKings, where you get the full PPR back-to-back uh, 11 and 13 target games, had a seven before that. He's like the clear, it's not a ton of yards, but he's like the red zone slash move the chains type of player, but I don't even have that type of money uh, as it stands right now, Ian. So I'm going down to like the, the three K ish players. And there's a couple like Foster Moreau, he's 3,800 back to back to back 90 plus percent snap weeks. That's always good. I know he let us down a couple of times. I think I used him in cash last week, did just enough to make it worth it for me. And with all those snaps, maybe a positive passing game script, still no Darren Waller, um, Henry Ruggs gone. Um, I think he's pretty reasonable. We do have Allen Robinson coming back for Chicago, oh. but they are playing the Giants. Okay, so about Komet, <laughs> yeah, so I'm so I'm playing Cole, Cole Komet looks pretty good here. He is playing a ton of snaps too. Um, not really a red zone guy. They still try to find Jimmy Graham down there every once in a while um, for a touchdown. And Allen Robinson probably coming back certainly hurts Komet's red zone opportunities probably even more. Um, but you know, six to eight targets against the Giants. 
reels in a couple of catches. He's 3,400. Not going to kill you. Uh, has a chance to catch a touchdown and maybe get you there, but I'm just going for these cheap tight ends in and cash this week. We've, I'm already starting to talk myself into a Chargers guy now. I might be mistake, mistaken. <laughs> what, what is are they? Men, is Anderson 2500? Stevens men. He's men. <laughs> you know, he is a guy where you can actually talk yourself into kind of his athletic portfolio, and you can. I mean, hey, he's had some okay enough games this year. So if you want to go as cheap as possible, I do think Steven Anderson at 2500 is there. I was really hoping Britt that we could open and shut this conversation with Mo Ali Cox at 2800. Yeah, Jack Doyle, Doyle just got. He's well, he's questionable, well, he's a, but he practiced in full. So yeah. I would expect him to play through that questionable tag. So come on, Doyle, just take one week off and let like the largest guy in the NFL start. But nope, <laughs> not looking that way. I agree, Cole Met, if you want to just go up a little bit more, um, is probably that guy. So deciding between Anderson and Cole Komet, probably gonna take years off my life over the next uh two days. Yeah, I like Andrews in a tournament. If I'm spending up um that's who we're bringing back in the ram stack we're going yeah, stafford cup obj bring it back with andrews that's yeah stack for, of the week. for sure um back to back to back i mean five straight games of at least well six straight games of at least nine targets uh seven of eight of nine targets or more and this this resurgence of these low a dot actual catchable passes lamar jackson will throw some wild uncatchable five-yard passes right that has sort of disappeared from the Ravens offense. And all of a sudden they become catchable little dump offs along with being an elite red zone target for Baltimore. And I think, I personally think the Rams are going to smoke Baltimore. So this is all passing game from Huntley and those are all going to Mark Andrews. So I love that. And the thing is that'll completely flip anything. that's not a Ram stack is, you know, will completely flip what the rest of the field is doing. Cause I think these middling to cheap tight ends, just to get access to the Jonathan Taylors and Cooper Cups are going to be the preferred way most people make their lineups. Um, so then, right, you play Andrews, you play, maybe you play like Singletary and Edmonds and, um, you know, some other 6K, you know, so yeah, Williams or Swift or somebody like that, right? And you could still get some pretty good wide receivers yeah. in the mix with that. That just sort of flips your build a little bit um, from what a lot of other people are doing. So Andrews for sure. Um, looks to me as the highest floor ceiling combination at the tight end position we've seen since good Travis Kelsey from uh, a year or two ago. Yeah, Kelsey's unfortunately got the COVID, same sort of COVID storyline that we got to worry about a little bit with the full-time snap. So Andrews, I, I agree with you, best floor ceiling combo on the slate. I mean, he's on pace to now break uh, Kelsey's, you know, five-year reign of terror over this position, being the overall tight end one. I also think, man, just if you have Trey Lance in tournaments, I think George Kittle is his best stacking partner. You know, last time we saw a dud like he had last week, the following game, Shanahan went out his way to feed him and he went for like a buck 80 and two scores. Like, it just would not surprise me at all if we're watching Red Zone in the first quarter of this game, we see Kittle just breaking five tackles on a single play. And we're like, my God, George Kittle's playing the Houston Texans and we didn't lock this dude in to more lineups. So I just think whenever there's a chance, like Kittle needs to kind of be like the tight ends version of Derrick Henry here. Well, when we see weeks where he is just completely being left alone, we got to think really long and hard before we completely fade him. So when Andrews is only $300 more and he's also not carrying much ownership, it is tough for me to, you know, rationalize going Kittle over Andrews. But again, Britt, like I understand, Trey Lance is does not look good as a passer. You can say he looks horrific. That's fun. But 
it's not like the 49ers are going to throw for like 40 yards. And the way Kittle is designed this offense, particularly with Debo being used more and more as a running back, I think Kittle, who didn't get a chance to play in Trey Lance's first start, will be the guy on these easy underneath completions that all of a sudden we see the best yak tight end in football getting crazy on him. So if we do want to go Lance in tournaments, I think stacking him with Kittle could be the way to go there. Um, yeah, and then Gr- I think Gronk, all, all these guys, man, you know, we talked about paying up at running back, like pay up at running back, try to get one of these uh, maybe t- uh, tight ends as well, and then go down elsewhere. So just, I can see it for all three of Andrews, Kittle and Gronk. I think trying to decide which one uh, of those guys I want to invest in the most weekend's biggest question. All right. A couple of defenses. I like the dolphins. If we both like them to at uh, the plus three and a half or win um, with their blitz heavy game against Tannehill, that looks pretty good at 2,800. Uh, what else are you looking at this week real quick? I think cash game, I'm probably going to set on the Lions at 2,400. Russell Wilson, one of these quarterbacks where even when things are going well for him, just the way he kind of plays, he lends himself to taking a lot of sacks. So we could kind of see the Lions, you know, maybe maybe they do face a good version of the Seahawks and they give up 25, 30 points or whatever. I still think, you know, with an interception here and four or five sacks, they could still uh, make that price point at 2,400. Or, hey, maybe Russ keeps on, you know, not cooking, more being more of an Uber Eats guy, and we see this Lions defense actually emerge as a group they haven't quit man they have not quit this year i kind of thought after they got that first win they might be like all right cool we got one who cares uh but here they are and they're still slugging it each and every week so uh, if you can get up to miami or even you know indy or one of those guys that's fine but i think you know as we're going to go through making these cash game lineups i would probably just settle for detroit just a few notes on tournament ones you can look at that kind of have the defenses in good positions and a corresponding running back to get a lot of touches Real GPP play, but Josh Jacobs and that Raiders defense, if, the, if Wentz ends up being ruled out, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts defense, I think is certainly in play. Austin Eckler and that Chargers defense against Drew freaking Locke, like pretty confident that Locke's not going to have two straight weeks without a turnover. They've no Mon- receivers, literally no receivers. Literally no receivers. So I like that one a lot for tournaments. Uh, David Montgomery and that Bears D going up against Glennon and Fromm. Rashad Penny and that Seahawks D going up against Tim Boyle. And finally, Sony in that Rams D. But I do kind of agree with you. Like, let's focus more so on that Rams passing game as opposed to the running back. I'm going to throw Swift and the Lions D. How about that one? Uh, let me let me get you some of that. Yeah. I think I think you could sprinkle the Lions if you uh, like a, yeah. a half a unit I'm, as a, on the money yeah. line. I, I haven't been too high on Swift, but after seeing Campbell's comments and stuff, I'm starting to come around a little more. All right, that's going to do it for the Week 17 edition. Get ready for the Week 18 edition next week where we will be playing uh, a lot of players. It'll, yeah. it'll be more more looking like the NBA where you're just playing guys <laughs> you've never heard of every single night. Um, hopefully we'll have some of those, some hidden gems for you. Uh, Ian, it's been fun doing the show. Thanks to everybody for watching, listening, downloading, however you take this show in. We appreciate it. For Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, and we out you.